Today is a special day. The world knows it as Father's Day, but we in the church call today Trinity Sunday. The day we celebrate and teach the relationship of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. For many pastors, I've heard Trinity Sunday is also affectionately known as the hardest sermon of the year to preach Sunday. And we had to one-up everyone else because we also had to throw in Confirmation Sunday today as well. But the doctrine of the Trinity would seem to be the most impractical for your life. I mean, you, you probably don't go to the coffee shop just to talk with your friends about how each person of the Trinity is co-equal and co-eternal in majesty, right? I mean, if you do, I'd love to be there. And you have awesome friends. So on this day, when we are looking at the relationship of the Father to the Son and the Son to the Father, and both the Father and Son to the Holy Spirit, I want to point out how this relationship applies to us. To confirmants, these daughters of our congregation, to their fathers and mothers, and to all of us. And basically, it's, it's right here in Martin Luther's small catechism. Every member of our congregation and the Lutheran Church, all of you have gone through this in some way, shape, or form, probably memorizing the six chief parts. And these six chief parts revolve namely around the doctrine of the Trinity, what the primary work of each person of the Trinity is with regards to your salvation, your creation, your redemption, and your sanctification. But, but in the Catechism, there's one line that gets overlooked. And, and you youth remember, uh, maybe you remember, and, and you adults, uh, parents who were there, it was the very first thing we looked at in our introductory class. It's the very first line of the Catechism, and it says this, of the faith contained in this book. In the plain form in which the head of the family shall teach them to his household. In other words, catechism instruction is, is not just the job of the church. Rather, and you confess this by virtue of your being a Lutheran, that catechism is the primary responsibility of the head of the household, of, of fathers, for those families who are blessed to have fathers. Today's public examination is simply a confirmation of the faith that these young people have been baptized into and taught not just the last two years, but throughout their entire lives. And so to you fathers of our confirmands, I want to thank you for your work in catechizing your children, catechizing them by example and, and more importantly, by, by words. All fathers, as imperfect as, as we are, are, and the imperfect love we have for children, are, are pictures of the true father. The first person of the Trinity, God the Father, and his unfathomable love for each one of his children, all of us, shown to us by giving his only begotten Son, Jesus, to die for the world. But confirmation, while it is a confirmation of the faith that you have, students, that you have been baptized into the triune God, it is one additional purpose. It's to show that you are properly prepared to receive the Lord's Supper. And this is actually related to the Trinity and specifically to Isaiah chapter 6. Now there's one big misconception about this. 
Many Christians think that confirmation is like a graduation. That it's a confirmation of knowledge. That in the last couple of years, you were able to absorb and soak up a minimum amount of knowledge and adequately understand it all. And with this, you are now a proper Christian and you, need, you know everything you need to know. Well, there's a couple of problems with this. First, the Christian faith is, is not mere head knowledge. It's not a matter of passing tests and knowing facts about Jesus. If that were the case, we might as well let the devil himself commune here today because he knows more about the Christian faith than any one of us. And also, the doctrine of the Trinity should make this quite clear that the Christian faith is not something simply to be understood. I heard a story of a member of, the, of a clergy who, who went to a dying man on his deathbed and, and he asked him if he believed in one God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The dying man sat up and, and said, what is this, a trick? The doctrine of the Trinity, along with even the simple doctrine of God's grace, that God's forgiveness doesn't depend on me and what I do, doesn't rationally make sense. The Christian faith is not mere head knowledge. It's to be believed. It's telling that the Athanasian Creed says, whoever wishes to be saved must have this conviction of the Trinity, not that you must understand how the Trinity works. But at the same time, you can't just say, ah, oh, well, it doesn't matter what I know as long as I have faith. It'd be like going to an auto mechanic who, who said, I don't need to know anything about cars as long as I have faith, and that'll be enough to fix them. If faith was all it took, then again, we should let the devil commune here today because he too has faith. But his faith is in the wrong thing. And his God is himself. Everyone has a faith. But for most people, their faith is in the wrong thing. As the Athanasian Creed says, whoever does not faithfully, faithfully believe this cannot be saved. And this is why the doctrine of the Trinity is so important. This is who our God is and what our God has done. And so who is the Trinity? The angels from Isaiah's vision tell us exactly who he is. One called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. The whole earth is full of his glory. These are the biblical facts about the Trinity. God is thrice holy. Holy, holy, holy. He is triune. He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And yet there are not three gods, but one God. The Trinity is the Lord of armies, and the whole earth is full of his glory. And he is so powerful and so holy that even when one of his messengers, who is not God, speaks, the foundations of the temple itself shake. So what should you believe about those facts about the Trinity? About the thrice holy God and you? Well, you should believe the same thing that Isaiah did. I am doomed, I am ruined, because I am a man with unclean lips, and I dwell among a people with unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. 
the holiness of God and the holiness that he demands of us is so far above where you and I could possibly ever be that we should be terrified of God because you and I are people of unclean lips who deserve nothing from God but punishment for our sins. There's a reason that we sing this song from Isaiah's vision every communion Sunday. We sing the Sanctus, taken straight from Isaiah 6, holy, 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 before we receive the Lord's Supper. Because this is also what it means to be properly prepared to receive the Lord's Supper. To be prepared to receive the Lord's Supper is to believe that you actually aren't worthy to receive anything from God. We confess that we are sinners who deserve nothing but wrath and punishment. If you think that you deserve anything from God and that you deserve to come to the Lord's Supper or because it's just your personal relationship with God and nothing more, or that God and the church owes this to you because you've been a Lutheran all your life or, or anything else, then the Bible would say that you actually aren't prepared at all because your faith in that moment is not in the triune God, but in yourself. Like Jesus says to Nicodemus in our gospel who trusted in his own works, you need to be born from above. In other words, this is something that you can't do. Nothing you can do can cause you to be spiritually born again, just as nothing you can do can cause you to be physically born again. This is something that the third person of the Trinity needs to do for you. Faith is given. Your relationship to the Trinity is not your own doing. Your relationship to the Father is through the Son, made possible by the Holy Spirit, working through the means of grace. And this faith that is given to you, confirms this is what you are confirming. And through the faith of the work of the Trinity that is given to you, through the faith that Christ has forgiven all your sins, and through faith that Christ is himself present in his body and blood to give you that forgiveness, you are prepared to receive the Lord's Supper. And through the eyes of faith, we see a different side to the Trinity. We don't just see a God who is holy and just. We see a God who is love and has salvation for sinners. This is evident by what God does next for Isaiah. Isaiah writes, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, carrying a glowing coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. Just think about that. A burning coal straight from God should be a terrifying thing. But look what happens. He touched my mouth with the coal and said, Look, this has touched your lips, so your guilt is taken away and your sin is forgiven. Through faith, this is what you receive in the Lord's Supper. At this altar, a messenger, a pastor, takes not a coal, but Christ's own body and blood and touches your lips. And God says, look, this has touched your lips, so your guilt is taken away and your sin is forgiven. 
So what does it mean to be prepared to receive the Lord's Supper? What does it mean to be confirmed? It means to believe what God says about you, that you are an unworthy sinner. It means to believe what God says about himself, that he is holy and triune. And it means to believe what God has done for you, that even though we don't deserve anything, that God gives us everything. I want to close with a quote from Martin Luther about what the Trinity has done for you. And I'll paraphrase. He said, The Father has given himself to you. He's given you all of heaven and all of earth, that everything may serve you. But everything has become corrupt since the fall of Adam and Eve into sin. And so he sends the Son. And the Son himself gives himself to you. He gives his own life to restore you to the Father so that you would know everything that the Father gives. But this grace still has to come to you. And so the Holy Spirit comes and he gives himself to you through the means of grace. The doctrine of the Trinity, the thrice holy God, which would seem to be so impractical for your everyday life, is actually the most relevant to your entire existence. If you take one person of the Trinity out, you have to put yourself in. But thank God for the Holy Trinity. Because this means that for you confirmands, Becca and Gabby, when your life gets difficult, when your worldly relationships fall apart, when you struggle in your faith, no matter what happens, the Lord your God goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And that God will lead you in his truth and he will teach you. He is the God of your salvation. So may the Holy Spirit give each of you the power to make a bold confirmation of your faith now and throughout your entire lives. In the name of God the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.